soon as Mary heard that Jesus was come, she rose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into town, but was in that place where Martha had met him. The Jews then, which were with Mary in the house, and comforted her, when they saw that she rose up and hastily went out, they followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and say. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone laid upon it. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary, life that never ends. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. In our lesson today, once again, we see two responses to the death of Lazarus. The first response comes from Mary. She said the very same words to Jesus as her sister Martha had said. The second response, once again, comes from Jesus. As we are beginning in John chapter 11, verse 28, Dr. Mitchell shows us the difference in attitude of Mary when she comes to speak to Jesus and Dr. Mitchell points out three different pictures of Mary in the Gospels showing her love for the Savior. Jesus responds by identifying himself with those who were mourning. How tender that is. And we are reminded in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, that the Lord Jesus is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He would weep with those who weep, as Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verse 15. Well, turn in your Bible to John chapter 11, verses 28 through 38. Here is Dr. Mitchell. Good day, friends. We come to you again, and we're studying the gospel through John, and we're in chapter 11. This amazing chapter where there is the revelation of Jesus Christ as the resurrection and the life. You all know the story. May I repeat it again? Uh, the Lord Jesus loved Lazarus and Martha and Mary. They lived in a place called Bethany, not very far from Jerusalem, just round the corner on Mount of Olives. Now, Lazarus took sick. In the meantime, our Lord, according to the last part of chapter 10, our Lord went on the other side of Jordan. That is, he had traveled from Jerusalem right down to the river Jordan and crossed over and possibly went a little further north 
north of Jericho. That's where the that's where the road went, and that was where John used to baptize. And while he's down there, Martha sent word to Jesus that her brother Lazarus was sick. In fact, the way she put it, he whom you love is sick. And because you love Lazarus, hurry up and come and, and raise him up. This was the thought in Martha's life. She didn't want her brother to die. And that's very, uh, very commendable and very understanding. She didn't want Lazarus to die. So she sent word. Now, the time the messenger got down to see Jesus, the Lord tarried two more days after he got the word about it. And he said to the disciples, let's go up to Jerusalem and to Judea again. And uh, then he made the statement that, Lazarus, I'm going to wake Lazarus out of his sleep. They said, well, if he sleeps, he does well. And Jesus said, frankly, he's dead. But let's go up there and I'm going to wake him out of his sleep. Again, may I remind you that as far as God and the believer is concerned, death is just sleep. He's talking about the body. I'm making it very emphatic. The soul, the spirit of man does not die, doesn't fall asleep. It's the body that sleeps. It goes back to dust, sleeps in the dust. And when he talks about resurrection, he's talking about the resurrection of the body. The believer goes immediately into the presence of God. And then we took up the fact that uh, oftentimes our Lord delays in answering prayer are more important than the answers we get. Then we see the attitude of Martha to death. Uh, she, the attitude of Martha was she didn't want her brother to die. She believed in her orthodoxy that there's a time coming, a day of resurrection is coming. That's way, 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 way off. That's in the last days. But Jesus said, listen, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. I'm the one. If I can raise your brother in the last days, can't I raise him now? Now, that's the implication. Oh, I know you're the Christ, the Son of God. But don't you believe, Martha, that I can raise him now? If you believe that he's going to be raised on the last day, and I am the God of resurrection, I'm the one who has burst the bands of the tomb, I have authority over death and the hell. As Revelation 1.18 says, I hold in my girdle the keys of death and of hell. I have authority. Don't you believe that, Martha? Yes, oh yes, I believe you're the Christ, the Son of God. She never did see the point. She never did see what the Lord was meaning. So she went and called Mary, her sister, secretly. Now let's pick up what Mary has to say. Mark the attitude of Mary. I'm reading from chapter 11 of John, verse 29. As soon as Mary heard that Jesus was come, she rose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into town, but was in that place where Martha had met him. The Jews then, which were with Mary in the house, and comforted her, when they saw that she rose up and hastily went out, they followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I noticed she said the same thing that Martha said. And when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and say. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. 
And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone laid upon it. Let me just stop here for a few moments. Here you have the attitude of Mary was one of confidence and trust. I'd like to repeat that. It was one of confidence and trust. You'll notice what she did. She went out and when she saw Jesus, she fell down at his feet and said, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Now, Martha didn't do that. Martha didn't fall at his feet and said, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Hers was a little different, shall I say, though she used the same words as Mary, there was a different inflection concerning it. I think with Martha, you may disagree with this, I think with Martha she said, Lord, if you had been here and I give you plenty of time to get here, my brother wouldn't have died. But death having come in, can't do anything now, he's dead. Death ends everything. It's just the attitude of people, the attitude of Martha. But when Mary heard that the Lord was here, in fact, I'm of the persuasion that Martha didn't understand the Lord, but she knew somebody who would understand him, and that would be Mary. So she went secretly and told Mary, the master comes and calls for you. We have no record that the Lord even called, that the Lord even called for Mary. But this is what Martha said to Mary, the master has come and he wants you. And when she came, she fell at his feet. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died entirely different attitude. Remember that Mary is always found at the feet of Jesus. Could I just stop here for a moment? You notice there are three pictures of Mary of Bethany. In Luke chapter 10, verses 39 to 42, you have the story of Martha and Mary at Bethany. If our Martha was covered with service and Mary sat at the feet of Jesus for instruction, and the Lord Jesus said, Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away. She sat at his feet to hear his word. She sat at his feet for instruction. Now, in this passage here, she came at his feet. What did she want now? What did she need now? She needed comfort. Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother wouldn't have died. What's the footage of it? When the Lord saw her weeping and the Jews weeping, Jesus wept. And then the third picture is in the next chapter, chapter 12. Do you remember? In verse 3, Mary anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with the hair of her head, and the house was filled with the odor of the almond, at his feet for worship and for service. Where do you go? How much time do you and I spend at his feet for instruction? We go to his feet when we're in, in need, when death has come, when we're in trouble, we'll run to him because he can, he's the one who can comfort us. He's the one who gives us peace in the midst of a storm. He's the one who is sufficient to meet our every need. So I say again with Mary of Bethany, may I say one more thing? Did you notice, if I may run ahead of myself, did you notice in verse 45, after he raised Lazarus from the dead, as many of the Jews as came with Mary believed, 
What are the Jews who came with Martha? The Jews who came with Mary believed. Mary sat at his feet for instruction. Mary was in love with the Savior. I'm sure she talked about the Savior to the other women. And all who came with Mary believed, as many as came with Mary believed. You ever think about it? You notice something else about Mary of Bethany? You don't find her at the empty tomb. When the other women come to, to embalm the body of our Savior, Mary of Bethany is not there. When they come to the empty tomb, you find the other Marys there, but not Mary of Bethany. Mary, the mother of the Savior, Mary Magdalene, Mary Salome, but you don't find Mary of Bethany. I wonder why. I'm of the perfect persuasion in my own heart that Mary knew more and believed more of the program of our Savior on earth than any of the disciples, either Peter, James, or John. Mary sat at his feet for instruction. He found a heart that was hungry for the will of God was hungry to know God, was hungry to know more and more about the Savior. And the Lord met her need. May I say, my friend, God only reveals truth to open hearts. Why, why is it that so many Christians don't grow in the grace and knowledge of God? Their hearts are not open. Some believers are so tied up in what their church believes, and it might be good doctrine. They're zealous for doctrine, but very little place for the person of Christ. I'm not being critical. You see, what I'm after is this. I want you folk, and I want my own heart to fall in love with the Savior so that I know something about his purpose, not only for the church, not only his purpose for Israel, not only his purpose for the world, but his purpose for the future, his purpose for me down here on earth. Do you and I take the time to sit at his feet for instruction? I know we run there for comfort. Do you go there for worship, for service, and out of your worship comes your service? I suggest sometime you think about this woman and Mary. Now let me get back again to this question of our Lord, you see. As I said a while ago, Martha doubted and needed instruction. Mary wept and she needed comfort. But you know, there was something else about the Savior, and to me, if I may be allowed to say this, I think we here you have in this passage one of the most remarkable insights to the heart of God. Let me look at it. In verse 33, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit. He was moved with indignation. They said, where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. And the Jews then said, Behold, how he loved him. And some others said, Well, if he had, had, if he had come when he was called, he would, this man wouldn't have died. That's what you have here in verse 37. Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? It's come too late. If he loved Lazarus, why didn't he come when he was called? You can just see the, the contrast of people. Here's one group said, my, how he loved Lazarus. The other group said, no, he didn't. If he did, if he really loved Lazarus, he would have come up when he was called, and Lazarus would never have died. Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, 
come to the grave. It was a cave. Why did Jesus, why did Jesus weep? See, he was moved with indignation. Death, man's enemy, had taken hold of one of his friends. That could be true. Or did he groan in himself because of the unbelief of the Jews? They questioned his love. They questioned his love for Lazarus. Martha said, word, he whom you love is sick. And she appealed to the Lord on the ground of his love for Lazarus. They, others said, if he really loved him, he would have come. This man wouldn't have died. No wonder the Lord groaned in himself at the unbelief. At the same time, possibly indignant that death should lay hold of one of his friends. Jesus wept. The Lord Jesus voluntarily identified himself with these people in their sorrows and in their afflictions. I'll say very frankly, as I read this, Jesus wept. In his tears, we see his love and his care for his own. Think of it, friend. The eternal God enters with us into all our tests and trials. Aren't you glad that one of these days He's going to wipe away all tears from your eyes. Friend, did you ever stop to think? Supposing I put it this way. If you had the power Jesus had to raise the dead, and you saw Martha and Mary and the Jews weeping, what would you have done? I'll tell you what you would have done. I'm including myself in this. I would have gone to Martha and Mary and Alice and Mary, listen, Martha, just wipe those tears. Oh, he's crying. Let's go. I'm going to raise your brother from the dead. Instead of crying, you should be rejoicing. I'm going to raise your brother from the dead. No. Eternal, that's what we would have done, but not Jesus. Eternal Son of God took the time out to stand with Martha and Mary and weep. If ever I saw a glimpse of the heart of God for men and women. It's right here. Just think of the eternal God who framed the world by the word of his mouth, who took the dust of the earth and made man and breathed in his nostrils the bread of life. This Jesus who could have said, Lazarus, come on out. He could have spoken when he's away back over yonder in the river Jordan. No, he took the time out to weep with Martha and Mary. He entered with them. As Hebrews 4 says, he's touched with a feeling of our infirmities. Oh, listen, friend, mother, father, friend, whoever you may be, Jesus knows all about your tests, your trials, your sorrows, your afflictions, and he stands right by your side and enters with you into them. Jesus wept. Now, I know the Lord wept three times, and there are three different words used for this. You remember in the Gospel through Luke 19, he wept over Jerusalem because they were choosing a destroyer to a deliverer. And that was loud weeping. He wept loudly because the city was choosing a destroyer instead of a deliverer. Jesus saw the time when the city and temple would be destroyed in ruins. 
which happened in 70 AD. Now in John chapter 11, he wept again. It's just quiet weeping. It's a much deeper word. And he wept as he stood by the side of Mary and Martha and entered with them into their sorrows, into their tests, into their afflictions. Oh, what a wonderful picture of the heart of God for men. Friend, again, I say he loves you. He loves you. He's full of love and compassion and tenderness and grace. My, how he loves men and women. And how for his children, he enters, he enters right in with you in your afflictions and trials and sorrows. The third picture of our Lord weeping is in the Garden of Gethsemane. If I may quote from Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, where we read, In the days of his flesh, with strong crying and tears unto him who was able to save him out of death, he was heard because of his piety. Strong crying and tears. If I may quote from Luke's gospel, you remember when our Lord was in the Garden of Gethsemane in chapter 22 of that gospel. He sweat as it were drops of blood. This is a much deeper word yet. Loud crying, yes. A quiet crying, entering into the sorrows of his people. In the garden of Gethsemane alone, was strong crying on tears unto him who was able to save him out of death. Resurrection was the answer. May I just say, my friend, to you today, this is the kind of a savior we have. He knows all about you. He's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He's able to succor everyone who was tested and tried. Am I talking to you today, dear friend, and you're going through deep waters? You're going through times of testing and sorrows and affliction? It just seems as if you're alone in the world. You just feel as, you, as if you haven't got a friend in the world. And the friends whom you think you have, they don't seem to understand you. Ah, there is one who understands you. There's one who can enter right into the very tests and trials through which you go. Oh, friend, remember the Lord Jesus has promised never to leave you, nor to forsake you. He has declared that he loves you to the end. And as I just love this picture. I believe it's one of the greatest pictures in the Bible of the heart of God for men and women, that the eternal Son of God should take the time out to weep stand with Martha and Mary and the Jews who were with Mary and weep, entered into their sorrows, entered into their affliction. Friend, he knows all about it. He's touched with a feeling of your infirmities. He knows exactly what you go through and he loves you. Did you hear me? He loves you and he's with you. Now I'm going to take up the rest of the story in our next lesson. I hate to stop right here, but I'm afraid I have to. I, just want, I want to leave with this one note about the heart of Jesus for men and women, especially for his own people, especially for his own people. Oh, friend, why don't you let the Savior come into your life? It may be perchance I'm talking to one, someone today who's right down in the depths of despair, and you're, you need comfort, you need strength, you need deliverance. You need to have peace of heart. May I tell you that Jesus, the Son of God, is the one who can do that. He's the one who can really, really meet your need. Now, why don't you trust him? 
Let me close again with that wonderful verse from Matthew eleven twenty-eight: Come unto me, all you that labor, all you that are heavy laden, all you that are in sorrow, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I am meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest to your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He carries the load. He wants you to enjoy peace, peace of heart, as well as peace of conscience. And the Lord wonderfully, richly bless you today for his precious name's sake. Help me, Lord, when toil and to take as from a father's hand one by one the days the moments fleeting till I reach the promised land till I reach the promised Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study today. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.